Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on the Culture Corner. We're now joined by Jeffrey Norman, Director of Marketing and Communications for the McCallum Theater. And there's good news on the horizon. The McCallum's going to be reopening. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you? Hey, Bonnie. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us, when when can we come see stuff at the McCallum? Well, the the intermission is almost over. Um, We, uh, tickets are now on sale for... um, our 21-22 season, which we will be starting in December, on December 3rd, with the uh, the national tour of Hairspray. Excellent. So, I, yeah, I can't think of anything more fun to start with. And I, and I have to tell you that, you know, the way things are looking, there's a possibility we may add a few shows in November. So uh, uh, people should uh, keep, you know, looking on our website and our Facebook page uh, to see if we've done that. But... We are so excited. Bonnie, do you know that, that um, uh, if we don't start until December 3rd, it's going to be over 630 days since audiences and artists were in the McCallum Theater together? Wow. That's, I know. Doesn't it hurt your heart? It's, it's, that's forever. It seems like forever. My gosh. So how did you, um, a place like the McCallum, I know all theaters, you know, I'm a performer too, and I know so many performers, oh. theaters, directors. They've all. Everybody's been suffering. I mean, so how did the McCallum? I mean, you you have subscribers and donations. How do you keep the doors open when something like this happens? Well, you know, it's been a, it's been quite a, uh, you know, a, a journey. Um, we did have to let some people go. The rest of us who stayed uh, were working at uh, reduced hours and pay, mm-hmm. um, but we were determined to stay in touch with uh, our our donors uh, and ticket buyers. We did a virtual series called the Ghost Light Series, which mm-hmm. had over thirteen thousand views on YouTube, um, and and had you know some great great performance in it. But mostly, Bonnie, I have to tell you, and you know this, it's the generosity of this community. Yep. I mean, there, you know, people knew that it was a tough time for, for nonprofits, uh, and the McCallum is, in fact, a nonprofit, and people have been very generously supporting us, uh, even through the pandemic. So, uh, and, and, and one of the, the, the most important reasons why they did that is because we have one of the finest arts education programs in the Valley. Right. And we actually pivoted and did a lot of that stuff online, through Zoom, through Google Classrooms. Uh, and it's very possible, because we've got a new relationship with the county, that we're going to serve just as many kids this year as we did last year. Excellent. Yes, excellent. So, um uh, n- another question for you: the and uh, performers. I mean, obviously, you know, you haven't had anything live there for qu- quite some time. Was it? I mean, I'm imagining it's your. I'm guessing that your lineup for 2021 se- season maybe it's changed a little bit from what it was originally going to be, or not. I don't know. Well, you know, we had to go back and rebook everything, mm-hmm. and you know, they you know, these uh, 
these artists and their agents weren't necessarily sure of what was going to happen any more than, right. than, you know, their crystal ball wasn't working uh, either, yeah. uh, as ours hasn't been. Um, there were a few, we, we managed to move a great deal of the shows from the 2021 20, season into the 21-22 season. Mm-hmm. There are some Broadway shows that aren't coming to this uh, part of the country, uh, so we, we lost those, but we're hoping to get those in 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a great Broadway season. We're starting with Harris, Hairspray, mm-hmm. um, and a really, really terrific production of Fiddler on the Roof, that which is... I got to see when it was in San Diego. Uh-huh. Um, and then Jersey Boys is, is the most popular musical at the uh, McCallum in, the, in its history. So that's coming back again. And then uh, we're going to have Beautiful, the Carol King musical, which the last time it was in McCallum sold out so quickly uh, that we knew we had to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. And so to, uh, so educational, uh, tell me about, um, uh, so the, you're doing something with uh, you're doing something with the National Geographic again? Yes, uh, we've actually added a fourth uh, performance. Um, uh, National Geographic Live has these amazing uh, evenings where they have uh, photographers and videographers and adventurers who go out you know, we're, we're having somebody who was on the space station this year. We're having an extreme skier. Uh, we're having somebody who gets way too close to bears than, uh, uh, than pr- he probably should. Uh, but they come, and it's a great uh, evening for, you know, for, for uh, people to bring their, their kids, their grandchildren. It's educational. It's fun. The visuals are amazing. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a nice change of pace for the McCallum. Yeah. And tell us about, you got some special programming also on tap. Yes. Well, you know, we like to think that everything is... Uh, but this is extra, extra special. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we we have a, a lot of the great divas uh, are coming in. So we've got Patti LaPone and Kristen Chenoweth and Vanessa Williams and Linda Etter. Uh, and uh, we've got, uh, we, you know, we, have, we really have some wonderful vocal groups this year. There's a group called Voctive out of uh, Florida, who are amazing, and then uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Straight No Chaser, but they're they're uh, one of my favorite groups. We've got the Manhattan Transfer, oh, uh, who are still going strong, and then we've got you know the, the two of the the most favorite uh, acts in uh, you know in in McCallum history. Uh, the Ten Tenors and Pink Martini. Oh yes, yes, and I have to go back to Linda Edder. Linda Edder is one. Of the, I, I saw her at the McCallum a few years back. I, she, I'm a singer, and she for me is my yeah. vocal idol. I mean, I just, I think she's just phenomenal, absolutely There's phenomenal. There's no like her, and you know, she. Could, I think she could have had a bigger career, but I think she just decided to kind of stay in her lane. And 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 and, you know, but the, her fans are rabid. Oh, I just, I adore. Her. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can score tickets before it's sold out speaking of tickets yeah you know we tickets went on sale uh uh last night and we've already got a couple of sellouts yeah so we're really we're really thrilled you know we took a survey bonnie a couple of months ago asking people when they thought they might be comfortable coming back and 76 percent of the people said you know october november december Mm -hmm. another 18 percent said january zero percent said that they weren't coming back wow so we thought that that bode you know that kind of boded well for us yeah and so if for for anybody that's looking for tickets they can go to your www.mccallumtheater.com and or can they call also what what number they can call the box office 760 
340-2787. There are no walk-ups because we're still under some COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when you uh, when you open, like, of course, they've just changed the mask protocol, which is great. Are you anticipating in December, uh, are, are you anticipating be, being at full capacity, full, full audience capacity? You know what? It's the only way that we can survive. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, if we don't do it, you know, we, we still... We have to raise $6 million philanthropically every year on top of tickets. Wow. Uh, so, you know, if, if we, if we if having, you know, a diminished capacity is just not in the cards. Mm-hmm. But, but let me tell you this, that we have been working very closely for months and months now with our friends over at Eisenhower uh, in the, uh, uh, you know, in their, their disease prevention uh, uh, division. They have come over. They have made recommendations about air filtration systems. Um, You know, we will be following whatever protocols are in place uh, on December 3rd. Uh, so we don't know yet uh, what what you know what the mask situation is going to be, or mm-hmm. or uh, or the vaccination requirements are going to be. Yeah. Uh, but whatever they are, we're going to follow them. Yeah. In the meantime, we're retrofitting you know bathrooms to you know have touchless uh, you know the, uh, counters, and we'll probably be do, doing uh, something with with uh, the way we collect tickets and the way we give out programs. But we want to make sure that not only our you safe when you come to the McCallum, but you feel safe. Yeah, that's important. I think uh, Brian has a question for you. No, yes, I was going to say to to get away a little bit from COVID. I wanted to ask you of all the I, you have so many great shows on here. I love Fiddler on the Roof and Hairspray, and I wanted to ask you of all the shows that you have on deck. What is what do you, what show do you anticipate is needed the most right now? Like the one that you feel audiences, your audiences specifically needs at this moment? That's a really, really good question. You know, I would have to say Hairspray because because uh, it, it's such a fun and light show. Happy. But it's still relevant. It's mm-hmm. relevant to them. You know, there are issues that that, that show deals with that, you know, we, we know we have not resolved yet. Yep. And there's a way of looking at that uh, in, in a... Uh, you know, through the lens of today that I think is really powerful. You know, what I like about Hairspray is the fact that even though its lead character is a a chubby white girl, it still doesn't feel like it's one of those white savior narratives that it's trying to speak for black people. But I think it does a really good job of telling different, intersecting different experiences, like Mm -hmm. trying to relate her experience as a chubby woman, uh, a bigger girl, I apologize, bigger girl and being a black (laughs) student uh, being a black kid yeah. and not saying that they're the same but trying yeah. to relate it and i think that's powerful you know yeah. what i mean absolutely but, yeah, and there's nothing preachy about it it's yeah. just fun yeah and you also and, uh, go ahead no no i was gonna say uh, the, the other thing and I, I it's not not necessarily what would be people need right now but i'm really looking forward to because we've been trying to do this for three years now is we have a very special tribute to steve lawrence and edie gourmet and Steve and Edie used to be mainstays at the McCallum, mm-hmm. and they they would actually Bonnie and, and Brian they would they would uh, they would order two chickens to be delivered to the the green room, have them cut up into sandwiches so they can bring them back to their hotel. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness! Wow, I, I was just going to ask you about that. So David Lawrence and Tony Ward winner De- Debbie is it Gravit? Grab it. Okay, grab, grab it. it yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's a, that looks exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, 
David, of course, is their son, and uh, so we're going to have all the original orchestrations. We're going to have home movies that we're going to be showing, oh, uh, and it, it, you know, and we had Steve's blessing when we first started to uh, to work on this. So uh, oh, that's great. Um, I just bought my ticket for that one. And one, uh, before we get to break, I wanted to ask you. What are some dream shows that you have in mind? What are some shows you want to have? Like I haven't yet. I, I, I've always thought it'd be funny if um, I'm not being s- serious here, but I thought it'd be funny if the McCallum once had a production of Starlight Express. I would like to see that. Uh, <laughs> boy, nobody does that anymore. Wow, yeah. that would be tough. Yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm past my roller skating days, but. Uh, um, no, you know what? What um, we really wanted, and we were going to have it last season, and it's not going to—it's not—it's not, it's not going to be going out to the West Coast as far as we know. And that's come from away. I've heard uh, such which, great things about that. Yeah, uh, but I saw it in New York. It's so heartwarming. That's a show everybody needs right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but we're hoping to get that in 22, 23. And I think I, I, I think people are so desperate. I think the reason you got you got donations and people saying 0% are not coming back, people need entertainment now. People need theater. They need to get out. They need that energy really badly, I think. Absolutely. And, yeah. and we're, I, I can't wait to go see, you know, CV Rep and, and Desert Performs and, and yes. you know, and Coyote and all of all those of wonderful yeah. Well, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Norman, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to hear this news about the McCallum. We're gonna, I'm going to try to get to Linda Etter before it's sold out. Thank you so much. Continued great work, and thank you for being here today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Bonnie and Brian. Great talking to you. All right, take care. All right, we'll be back with more on the Culture Corner. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Now we're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yay! This year's inductees include Jay-Z, Carole King, Tina Turner, the Go-Go's and um, Todd, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Todd Rudgengren. 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 Yeah. yeah, I always forget how to say his yeah. name. I've always seen it more so than I've read yeah. it, but I know who he is. Yeah. The Foo Fighters, too. Okay. So I think this is a really good list. I, I like it. I don't know. Like Now, my, my only question is, I mean, Jay-Z has made a ton, ton of money, but is he considered rock and roll, though? Uh, you know what? I actually think at this point they might as well just call it the Hall of Fame. Okay. Because like I know yeah. that he has produced mostly a lot of hip hop and yeah. it's great stuff. Or even R and B or whatever. But I never thought of him as rock and roll. Me know? neither. And I and I personally for me it's like I, there's even debate about the Go Go's too. Like the Go Go's with their songs like Vacation and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's it's like light rock, pop rock, but, or whatever. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Like how um, a while back ago I told someone that. If you think about it, a lot of rock music is innovative by innovated by black women. And mm-hmm. someone said, oh, yeah, like who? Because they agreed with me and all that. And, and I said, like, Ronnie Spector. 
and they said Ronnie Spector's rock. I always thought of her as pop, and I said, well, the thing is that rock. It's sort it, of a universal term it, at this point. It is. It kind of encompasses. It's like an umbrella term for a lot of stuff. Yeah. And and this is actually the first time that Tina Turner will be there by herself because previously she was inducted as Ike and Tina Turner, a relationship that is noteworthy. She doesn't need him. <laughs> long ago, she didn't need him. Oh, yeah. I was surprised that even because she was... She's in the Hall of Fame for 1991 with Ike and Tina, mm-hmm. but I'm actually surprised that she barely is getting it now. She's done, she's done much more on her own, really, than they did. To, really, I mean, than they did together. I don't remember how many songs they had, but she, she's done at least as much on her own. I, I would even argue, uh, like, like I would argue with, I would agree with you yeah. that she has done so much more, yeah. and it, it surprised me too. And Carol King was previously in it too with. Gary Goffin and love Carol King, yeah. But in this case, Carol King is by herself, yeah. And I think that for me, like I like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it legitimizes a lot of artists that I personally see as deserving of recognition. Like the Go Go's, I know a lot of people kind of joke around about them, but they actually are the most successful all women yeah, rock band com- of all time. Commercially, very successful, yeah. Commercially, yeah. and I think critically. Um, I was going to say which of these undu- um, of the people in, um, <coughs> inducted into the Hall of Fame, who who do you think is the most deserving in your opinion? Or who do you like the most, actually? Tina Turner? I'd have to go uh, Tina Turner and Carole King. I would have to say uh, my top two favorite. I would say Tina Turner. I, l- I love Tina Turner and Carole King as well. And I, I, got, I got a special place for the Go-Go's and Jay-Z. So yeah. there's them. And I, I, fr- I actually have had conversations with people about changing the name of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to just simply the Hall of Fame because it seems like a lot of times they have all these um, people put into it that that are honored that don't necessarily fit the it label Rock and Roll. It's the music, the music Hall of Fame, you know. I, I agree with yeah. that. And yeah. But for the most part, I'm actually excited to see their performances and hopefully they can air something for us to watch you know because when I is there was when is the ceremony do we have a date on that or are they having a big uh, special i'm guessing it's going to air later on in hbo at okay. a later date they okay. are not sure yet and okay. for the most part they've taken place in october somewhere around there in the summer so i'm not sure but i would love mm-hmm. to see it on hbo and i think i'm most excited to see tina turner because she's retired for yeah. the most part yeah and Hopefully, we'll get to see her. I mean, she, uh, gosh, talk about a woman who's been through some stuff and uh, just she keeps on kicking. She looks great. She still looks great. She's got this younger boyfriend that she's been with for (laughs) 20 some years. I think they finally got married. I think they got married. I think so. She lives in, I think, Switzerland. Doesn't she live in Switzerland or something like that? I believe so. What are some of your favorite Tina Turner songs? I'm curious. Um, Well, what's love got to do with it just because it's so catchy? Um, um, Uh, Private Dancer, kind of liked. Private Dancer is actually uh, yeah. simply the best. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and I also really liked We Don't Need Another Hero from Beyond Thunderdome, the mm-hmm. Mad Max movie, mm-hmm. where she, she actually played a villain in the movie Mad Max Beyond mm-hmm. Thunderdome. And I loved her in Tommy, too. So for me, it's like, I, I think Tina Turner is one of those artists that, like, this is long overdue. Absolutely. But also because, like, I, I just, you can just name so many great songs, and her, she has become part of pop culture history, multi platinum winner, uh, platinum selling artist. And 
many people cite her comeback as probably the greatest comeback in music history. Well, and that, that's the other thing. And I think people were always rooting for her. And just one thing that she has always struck me in the interviews I've seen with her or read with her is not as, as tough a time as she had when she was younger and as tough as abusive as Ike was. I, it, it's never struck me that she holds long-term bitterness over that. She has, you know, incorporated it and grown from it and be- gone on and become this great... And she does, it doesn't feel like she's holding on to that anger about it. Oh, you yeah. Know? And even when... And some people do. And what's love got to do with it? She even criticized some elements of that movie because she said, you know, they got the general idea of my relationship, mm-hmm. but even then she felt like they didn't capture, like, the forgiveness or, like, my ability to move on as well. And I don't know, like, I think it did, but I can't speak for her, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right, so. it's her experience. But, yeah, I just, she's just really one of those women that you just, uh, you admire on so many levels. Yeah. But go ahead and check out these artists because we're going to have a producer, director, and performer, Patricia Westo Ruth, talking about her show, Holy Matrimony. Let's talk about let's talk with her right after right. the break. We'll be back. We'll- You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And now I'd like to welcome Patricia Westo-Ruth, also known as PDR. She is a producer, director, performer, script writer. She all does around it all. does it all. And she's doing a production of Holy Matrimony, an original production, if I'm correct. And it's yes, ex- it and it is a cur- it is a experimental piece where different writers tackle the same subject of a day the day before a wedding. And we and they put on a show like that. Like basically, the show is different uh, different scenes from different writers who have no interactions with each other, telling a story, and it's very experimental and fascinating. And the story is the day before the wedding. So how are you doing? Uh, hi, PDR? Patricia. Well, hi. And first of all, Brian, great job. It's not easy to explain this project, and I thought you did that very well. <laughs> Uh, Bonnie, I yes. just want to say it's nice to meet you as well. You too. And I'm very, I'm very pleased to be a guest today. So t- I'm just curious how you came up with this idea, this concept of this uh, production. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, I've been licking my wounds a little bit because I had a play that was supposed to open at the Palm Springs Arts and Cultural Center back in April. And like so many people, we have all been kind of in this twilight zone of not having a place to express our creativity. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to try to figure out, how can I help? What can I do to really enlist the, the creativity of my writer friends and the many talents of my actor friends? And so this was perfect. This is a perfect project because I got to use uh, five different writers to create what they would basically like to write. I gave them a, um, for example, I would say, okay, you're on a stakeout. 
uh, you're getting married the next day and you're talking to your um, partner on this stakeout. And that was the framework. Yeah. And they would have to create a scene within that. So very, very limited information. But um, honestly, I love to deconstruct the form of any art. Uh, when you look at Bruce Lee, what he did uh, in creating uh, uh, Jeet Kune Do, he deconstructed martial arts. If you think of Martha Graham with dance, mm-hmm. he deconstructed dance. So this is my way of um, deconstructing what we always are looking at, and that's formulas, whether it's in plays or whether it's in film. And so I thought, wow, this is a really cool thing to do because Zoom, this online producing that we're now doing, is neither theater nor film. So it's a perfect place to do something experimental. Now, were you um, A, surprised, and or B, uh, pleased, or both, with what all your writers came up with? Blown away. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Blown away. Um, When I say that the scenes range from everything from, you know, we have uh, things like, you know, one is like a thriller. Mm-hmm. One is uh, like a horror film. Mm-hmm. Another is a like a rom-com. Another one is, um, you know, just very spiritual. So I did not give them a genre, mm. again, to see what would happen in their imagination. So it's very exciting in that regard. And the most important thing for people who are listening right now they're only 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like one, you can just wait till the, the next, next one. <laughs> and there's six of them. So the program's only an hour long, and then we're going to do a Q&A afterwards. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions. But um, one, of our, one of our newest uh, members to this, of course, is Brian. And I wanted to give him a shout out. Yes, I'm so excited to hear, you know, another, uh, you know, another creative hat that Brian's wearing. So how did he do? I'm going to put it, I'm going to make him blush here. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> well, he he's doing a fabulous job. And I think that everyone should tune in to see him, including you, Bonnie. <laughs> I, I will try now. So you kind of directed this through Zoom th- on online. I've, I've yes. Been... Try to try to imagine. Uh, it's almost like herding cats because I have around uh, thirteen actors, and that is you know uh, organizing all those people into Zoom rooms for yes. six different scenes. Yeah. So so there were days that my cats were just meowing a lot because they <laughs> <stopped> talking. <laughs> so I, I was looking at your bio. I mean, you've done a little bit of everything. I mean, theater, t- television, film, script writing. You have your master's in uh, psychology. Um, and so so what would you say your main, If would you, when someone says, what do you do? Do you say all of those things or what do you consider yourself now most? A director? A producer? <laughs> I, I still am stumbling over that one, Bonnie. <laughs> it, it is funny because it depends who I'm talking to. If mm-hmm. someone uh, is calling to uh, consult with me, because I do a lot of consulting with writers, actors, independent filmmakers, 
uh, it depends on who is asking me what questions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm helping to cast a project, uh, but a lot of times my psychology background comes in handy in a lot of different ways. And uh, whether it is about working on character development, Mm -hmm. uh, looking at personality disorders, how they present themselves in characters. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of the, um, it's a really, it's a nice umbrella that goes over having studied screenwriting, uh, playwriting, and uh, all those other things. You know, so it it all it all comes together. It really does. How did you find? I know, I, but, but in addition to Brian, I know Linda Cook. I've worked with Linda Cook as an actress. I know Teresa Jewett. I know some of these other folks. How did you find the actors, and how did you find the writers? First of all, I am the luckiest person in the world. <laughs> uh, a lot of these people, uh, I have been a judge for the uh, Desert Theater League. Oh, okay. So I. So I've been watching these people, you know, perform for um, quite a while. Also, I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I've appeared on various stages here. And, um, you know, the theater community is a kind of like a small family. Yep. So you, you pretty much kind of, you know, uh, if you don't know that person, someone else does. And so it was very easy for me to kind of tap into various relationships I have. And then start thinking, hmm, who would be good for this role? Yeah. And who is available and that sort of thing. So I believe in serendipity. And Mm -hmm. so I think all these people are supposed to be part of this project. And when you see their performances, I'm sure you'll agree with me. How about the writers? How did you find them? The writers, there are two people who I have Prior to this, during the pandemic, I've been producing uh, what has been called martinis and memoirs, uh, with the emphasis on martinis and basically storytelling. And I enlisted the talents of Lizzie Schnelling and Felicia Mason Mm -hmm. to come into that world with me. Mm -hmm. So that is how I knew them. And Lizzie had never written before, and I encouraged her to do it, and I'm so happy. And Felicia has been doing writing as well. And then the other um, people I know uh, through a writing workshop that I've been involved with for about three years that is run by Andy Harmon, who has been around in the Valley for a very long time. I know Andy, yeah, he's great. He's fabulous. He's great, and he attracts the most wonderful people. And so he has renamed his writing workshop to New Theater Workshop. And I pitched this idea to him, and he said, well, let's create a kind of new program, if you will, for innovative work, and we'll call it the uh, Writer's Work room Hmm. so here you have these are not supposed to be quote-unquote polished finished work it's works that are in development Mm -hmm. and when you and when the audience watches this they'll be able to say oh i could see this as a film or oh i could see this as a play Uh, but as we all know it's one hour and two 
you know, to do a film or uh, a play that would be fleshed out more. Mm-hmm. But it will definitely, those six scenes will definitely give you the, uh, you know, um, they're, they're pretty strong trailers for a film, if you know what I mean. Right. How, <laughs> yeah. how, how can somebody walk, watch on Saturday? How can they watch? Oh, thank you so much for asking. We have an ID code that is um, 809-269-5383. And, of course, this is on Zoom. And um, I think people are very familiar with how to, you know, get on Zoom now. These days? I think so. Everyone's been doing it. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's that meeting ID code. And, again, that is 809-269-5383. And we will mention it again before the end end of this interview. I wanted to ask you now, I, we often hear about the disadvantages of Zoom and we often hear it's not the same. Now, I know you love to deconstruct things, but let's talk about it. Like, what are some advantages that Zoom has over an actual theatrical performance on a stage or an actual film production? What are some advantages, in your opinion, that Zoom actually has that you feel other creatives should look at as opposed to seeing it as, well, a last resort, a last resort or something to settle for? Well, first of all, Zoom is so important right now. It is a very viable way of communicating uh, self-expression. And that is if you want to do a one-woman show or if you want to do, you know, some power piece that you feel very strongly about, you don't have to go to a venue. You don't have to rent a venue. Uh, There's a lot of financial reasons to be using Zoom right now. But also, I feel that we have become so adept that it seems like a very close way to interact. And I always tell my actors to look right at the camera and think of the other actor on the other side of that camera so that you are playing directly to the audience. Whereas if you were on stage, you would never do that. Or if you were in film, you would never do that. Mm-hmm. So it actually works on Zoom. Does that make sense? Yes. We are. Unfortunately, yeah. we're running out of time, but I want to get the meeting ID in again. 809-269-5383 on Zoom. It's Holy Matrimony, Saturday, May 15th, 11 a.m. Patricia, what a great idea. So nice to meet you. Congratulations. Thank you. And I want to leave with one quote, okay? Sure. I- Einstein, Einstein once said that creativity is intelligence having fun. And boy, oh boy, we are having fun tomorrow. So I really hope everyone joins us. Excellent. And thank you so much for having me on thank the you. show. I really thank you for coming on my show. And thank you for inviting me to be part of your show. It's great to collaborate and all that. Thank you so much. Hey, Patricia. Bonnie. Bonnie and Brian. You're yes. really good at what you do. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you. You're so kind. All right. Take care. We'll talk. We'll be back with more in just a bit. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. We're going to go ahead and talk about American Idol for this part of for this last segment. 
Oh boy, America! You know, American Idol has been one of those shows that I keep forgetting is still on the air and yeah, still I think relevant. Other people are forgetting <laughs> that too. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel bad saying that, but Caleb Kennedy was this finalist on American Idol, and he was, you know, a fan favorite, and he he is talented, but unfortunately, from when you're young, you know, you when do dumb stuff. Yes. So he was 16 years. So he's 16 years old right now. But when he was a little bit younger, he actually took a video of himself neck on Snapchat or like, I don't know. It was like a social media post where mm-hmm. it was him. And right next to him was a, was a man, was a young kid in a KKK hood, hood basically like a yeah. KKK hood. And it, it was shocking. Cause I saw it. I was like, okay, Okay, well, what, what's the deal here? What's the context? I need to know what the joke has is. Has he said what the context was? Has well, he said that? Well, his mother has stated that for the most part, they saw a movie called The Strangers. And The Strangers, it was a movie about a group of masked figures who go to someone's house. Um, it's a home invasion movie. They go to someone's mm-hmm. house and they one of them has like a a pillowcase almost like for a, for a disguise. And... And he was trying to Im- imitate that apparently, but when I saw the video, all it really was was him showing himself, and then right next to him, a guy with a very pointy white robe-looking thing. And I thought, okay, like you, you, it's one of those things where I get what he was trying to do, but it's also like optics. Like you, it matters what something looks yes. as much as what the intention is, yeah. in my personal opinion. Yeah. And and basically, he'll be taking some time off to better. He has said that. I'll be taking some time off social media to better myself by saying that. I know that this has hurt and disappointed a lot of people, and maybe people lose respect for me. I'm so sorry, and I pray that one day you'll I'll regain your trust in who I am and have your respect. Thank you for supporting me. Well, at least now, I have to say, you know, we've talked before on the show about uh, other uh, much bigger names who have messed up and who some of whom have not bothered to apologize, some of whom have had, and some of whom their apologies did not seem genuine. That seems genuine to me. No, I agree with you. I think that this is one of the things where I feel like the right move was made because I feel like a he would lose American Idol just because of the fact yeah. that peop- he wouldn't be voted for. Yeah, yeah. And so, first of all, like, it's already against you on that end. And I think, overall, I don't think American Idol really wants to be associated with that post. No. And I, I feel bad saying this, and I don't believe in punishing people for, like, things in the past, unless it's something where they're not even trying to, like, fix it or mm-hmm. anything like Acknowledge that. Acknowledge it or Acknowledge whatever. Acknowledge yeah. it. You know, like, in the case of Kevin Hart with his homophobic tweets in the past... I honestly say to him that he could have done much better at addressing it. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole, well, I was young back then or something like that yeah. isn't really going to sustain itself. Yeah. But in the case of like Caleb Kennedy, he does it. He's still young. I think mm-hmm. that him being 16, we got to give him a little bit of slack to understand that maybe he didn't understand how the, the ramifications aste- of what he was doing yeah. the ramifications and maybe like let's be honest when you're young you're very obtuse about things maybe yeah. he didn't see a pointy figure yeah he, he saw, saw like, something else yeah. he saw like a a pillowcase on someone's face yeah. and i get that but i also want to say that in a lot of cases this is we're in social media we're in the world of social media exactly be careful Ex- you know? that's what i was thinking you you can't these days, you have to be very careful what you put on social media, whether it's a picture, whether it's a post, whether it's writing, whether 
you got to be sure before you hit that post button, you know, do you want this out there? Do you want this out there five years from now, 10 years from now? Are you sure? Yeah. Because this will come back to haunt you. And remember, like, think about it this way. Is that something that you think you're going to, that's going to age well for you? And do you think you're going to stand by that? Exactly. Exactly. And, and don't say it's like a new thing because it's always been a thing where in society, you publish a book or yeah. publish it's a... It's not a new thing. And an even article. social media is not a new thing anymore. <laughs> Come on. No, no, it's certainly not. And if you publish an article, if you publish... It's out there. It's out there. Yeah. Like, even back then, publishing just anything. Because now with social media, you have the power to publish something. Everyone does. Yeah. So when you publish it, do you... You know, do you want it? Do you are you sure? Because it ain't going away. Somewhere, someday, someone out there that's going to come back to haunt you, and you want to be sure that it was worth putting it out there. And to begin with, are you do do you, have you thought about how this is going to look to other people? And are you sure you want to make this statement? I've also gone out of my way personally of where I have said some controversial things on social media, and sometimes when I realize the backlash is bad, I delete it. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I don't want this to come back in a few years and for me to explain it. Because sometimes for me, the power of social media is also the backlash now. Like mm-hmm. if you post something now, the the market or or your your followers will call you out oh, right absolutely. away. People, I mean, pe- people have no, you know, don't hold back at all. If somebody didn't like something you say, they're, they're, they'll be on there quick to tell you that. Oh, yes. I certainly agree. And just to end on a positive note. The big three hits of Broadway, Hamilton, Wicked, and The Lion King are going to return on September 14th. Now, I'm excited for this because I love all three shows. And, you know, Phantom of the Opera is going to come back on October 22nd. So the longest running show, which is Phantom, is coming back too. But it's, I think it's with the McCallum opening up and everything opening up again, I think it's, it's just a great time to be a theater fan because, but I also want to urge people, you know, I also kind of want to urge theaters to just hopefully maybe create an, another, like, I don't know how to put this, but more, um, more dates. So that way someone who may not be able to afford getting a ticket right now could be able to hopefully save up their money, do mm-hmm. payment plans and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Cause I think those would be great because a lot of people are out of jobs. So, right. so hopefully if anybody owns a theater or anybody who is in a theater production, consider doing payment plans because a lot of great people want to see your show mm-hmm. and it shouldn't just be reserved for people who unfortunately who have benefited from the pandemic, but rather it should also be enjoyed by people who needed like who people who hurting and could use that you know a little positive entertainment yeah so absolutely ho- so hopefully that's i think that's one message i want to put out there but also that you know it, it's just great to see theater back you yes. know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i was gonna say is there any shows that you're particularly excited for in the future that you want to see um, well, like oh, I was telling you, I and again, I'm embarrassed that I've never seen a production of Phantom of the Opera. I'd love to see some <laughs> touring company come do that. Um, I would like, I'm going to prob- try to go see Linda Etter at the McCallum because I think she's just so fabulous. Um, oh, just a lot of stuff. I, you know, I'd love to see Wicked. I'd love to see a lot of it. I want to yeah. see Hairspray in because I think that, again, like when we're talking about it with Jeffrey Norman, it is a, a really relevant and very mm-hmm. fun show it holds up it holds up it holds up especially considering that it's a show that was based on a movie and typically shows based on movies don't get the same level of respect Mm -hmm. but that show has transcended the cinema to this wonderful theatrical performance and i'm excited about that thank you so much to our guest deanne lubell uh jeffrey norman uh patricia west del ruth 
Yeah, PDR. PDR. Thank you so much to everybody. I'm so we're so glad we're moving forward. Mask, a lot of mask restrictions gone. Theaters coming back, but still stay, stay safe, stay considerate of your neighbor, and get get vaccinated. All right, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>